Hello, and welcome to Empowering Entrepreneurs, a podcast brought to you by Clark & Associates. We are your hosts, Valerie Clark and Melissa Davies, and this podcast asks some of Northern Nevada's brightest business owners how they turn their passions into success. So uh, joining us today is Kurt Brenner from Sports Attack. Welcome, Kurt. Thank you. Tell us a little bit about Sports Attack. Well, Sports Attack is a company to give my elevator pitch, so to speak, is we make ball throwing machines, primarily for baseball and softball, but eight other sports, including rugby, tennis, soccer, and uh, football. Kind of grew up around it. My father was a high school baseball coach down in San Jose, California. And back in the day, you not only taught school, but you also coached a sport. And he was a baseball coach, and he saw a need for a way to contain baseballs. So he made the very first portable batting cage down in San Jose, California. That kind of led to, you know, if you have a batting cage, you need a pitch machine. And so he met a partner that made a pitch machine. He had the batting cage, and he started a company out of Santa Cruz, California, back in the 70s. Fascinating. And that's the first one there ever was? One of the first When I grew up, you know, back in the... 80s. I mm-hmm. remember going to the batting cages, but yeah. I never really thought about where they came from. <laughs> yeah, his is a little bit different because they're portable. You could take them out on the field oh. and you can bring them back in. You know, the original commercial batting cages where you paid to play, it, uh, you know, those, you know, obviously you had to drive to it to, to get there and practice, but this allowed people to have a machine, take it out on the field at the end of practice, pack it up and put it in a storage shed. So, can you tell us about some of your uh, your clients that you have? Oh, clients. Yeah, we, we have pretty good client base. Uh, in the baseball side, we deal with every major league club and a lot of players. And now players have agents, so we deal with the agents. In the NFL, we deal with all 32 NFL teams. The, uh, the uh, New York Giants was the last one, and they just purchased their machine last year. So the football side of our business is relatively new, relatively within seven or eight years. And then in volleyball, we sell machines all around the world to all of the international federations. In tennis, we deal with all the tennis clubs uh, internationally. And soccer, the same thing. So we deal with a wide variety of uh, customer base, internationally and domestic. That's neat. Well, you're talking to two Dodger fans right now. Uh-oh. So Uh-oh. Um, <laughs> you are, actually. How, are, is the Dodgers apparently are one of your clients? The Dodgers are. I I, I got to say it. Uh, they are one of our clients. So. You say that with a little hesitation. Well, you know, I grew up in Northern California as a Giants fan. Oh, you know, oh, and, uh, oh. Watched the 49ers, Joe Montana. Interviews over. No, yeah. <laughs> so, but, the, hey, the Niners are the only 8-0 team right now. So yeah, they I got a little bragging rights right now. Yeah, yeah. They're going to so. play my Packers pretty soon. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Very good. Packers do have eight of our football machines, though. They are a great customer of ours. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. That's so cool. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit about, uh, about you know, this is a very entrepreneurial business, it sounds mm-hmm. like. Tell us who some of your role models were. I know your father was one. Um, a l- little bit about what drives you as an entrepreneur. You know, I, I, I that, that's a good question. My dad, I mean, back in the day, he was a high school uh coach and a teacher and then back then you you know you taught school eight months out of the year and then you had three or four months off so most of the coaches and teachers back then had a second job whether it was delivering food or you know 
delivering I had a beer route or whatever just to make ends meet so my father um, always had something going on and he got into this batting cage business but he met a gentleman by the name of Larry Ponza who is truly one of the original guys that developed one of the first portable pitch machines out of Santa Cruz California and those guys you know just to watch what they did how they were able to hand make things and take a you know a concept to actually a, a full product that was being sold around the world, you know, kind of kept the bug, I, the interest of being a part of that. So that's kind of what gets me up every morning to, because we're selling something into the sports. We're not selling tobacco. We're not selling alcohol. It's really something that unifies the world. I mean, you can play tennis here and you can play somebody in, in Japan and, and the, the court's the same dimension. And whether you, you speak the same language or not, it's a great way to break down barriers. And it's, it's fun. What are some obstacles? I mean, it sounds like a perfect yeah. business, but you <laughs> must have encountered some obstacles along the way. Yeah, when Melissa kind of just sent the outline out, uh, I was thinking about obstacles. But one that kind of sticks in my mind is we're, we started our company first with a volleyball machine, even though our background is really in baseball. But um, we started selling internationally. And um, the customers, you know, send us the money. And once we get the money, we send out the product. So we sent one to Krakow, Poland. <laughs> and at the time, we're dealing with Griffith Transportation, which is a third-party logistics company that uh, was around. And they would help us ship internationally because there's a lot of paperwork and things that have to be done to get it to, to another country. And so I was following it, and the customer had obviously said, where's my machine every day because he paid for it. And I saw it finally get over to Poland, but then it was sitting at the airport in Krakow for one day. And then it was another day. And then it was another day, and we're trying to figure out what's going on. Finally, the customs agent got back to us and said, you need a CE certification for that product. And if you take a look on your mics, you'll see the CE logo here. And we didn't know much about it other than we have UL in the United States, but CE is a, a certification in Europe. Mm. And it's basically saying that your product, whatever you're selling, if for some reason it ends up in a landfill or if you're doing something, we are this interview right now, the uh, frequency doesn't interfere with you know radios to communicating to air, airplanes that it's not going to mess up the environment or the way sure. they communicate. So we're going, oh, shoot, what do we do now? And um, so I made a couple quick calls. I got online, thanks God for the internet. <laughs> and I found out about the CE, and then I called a couple companies, and I came across this site said self-certification. I go, wow, whatever this is. So one of the companies was Duraflex out east here okay. that make the international diving boards, and I knew some of them out there. Another company was in Florida that make uh, marine engines. And they were selling overseas, too. And they both did the self-certification. So I called them and asked them about it and said, yeah, it was easy to do this, this, and this. And you get a cert certificate, and you send it over to customs, and your product will get cleared. So I talked to both uh, Duraflex and the marine company. I got online, got the self-certification. Within a day, it got back to us. We had paid $800 to, you know, some third-party company, and he didn't know, and that was a lot of money for us back in the day, but we had a $3,000 item sitting in customs, it wasn't going anywhere, customers banging us, going, where's my stuff? So we did it, we paid for it, and we got the certification, got it cleared. So that was our first kind of step into selling overseas. And How long did that whole entire process You know, the, the certification was pretty quick, about three or four days. Oh, wow. But 
in the meantime, when surprising, <laughs> if you, yeah. Well, if you deal with Poland or something, there's still a little bit of black market um, economy going over there, so you have to pay a storage fee. That's kind of how they get you. There you go. So, anyways, <laughs> wow, that is so interesting. Well, yeah. we we love Duraflex. They're a client of ours as well. Okay. So, yeah. yeah. So it sounds like you're doing a lot of traveling um, um, to these countries that you're now selling in. Yeah. You know, where are some of the places you've been to? You know, been to Japan, been to Korea, been over to Europe. Um, like to go to Russia. I haven't gone there wow. yet. Um, we got. You know, clients in Australia. I, you know, it's a great time of year for us when it comes January to go to Australia. So that would be a place I'd like to go to. Fantastic. Yeah. Very cool. Well, um, tell us what what is there a piece of advice that you would give to a young entrepreneur entre, entrepreneur just mm. starting out in the world of yeah. business? Do you have any good advice for someone like that? Well, you know. I, um, yeah, I guess I'm given that age where I can give advice nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I was thinking kind of twofold. Um, one thing I think I do every day is <clears throat> I kind of, before I get going, I think about just two things to accomplish. And it might sound like not much, but if you get those two things done during the day, <clears throat> it's two less the following day. So, you know, always have a couple goals or objectives uh, for each day, whether uh, you can keep them pretty simple. Don't put 10 up there, but, you know, make one or two that are achievable. Yeah. Um, you know, I got a 15-year-old daughter. I'm kind of teaching how to drive, and I'm trying to think what kind of advice I can give to her because she doesn't listen listen to me anyways. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, just kind of, um, I guess from a sporting analogy, if you think about a good team or a good coach or a good manager, they always have somebody, you know, neck, I, I don't want to say, but next man up. You know, make sure you have somebody in the queue that if somebody's not at work that day, that somebody can step in and make sure you can still ship the stuff. Because from a business like ours, if you can't ship stuff, you, invoices don't go out. So have good backup, you know, have some good training in, in, involved or, you know, have a couple of different options. Thanks for being here today. It's been a real pleasure to get yeah. to know you a little bit it's better. It's kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just as important as finding the right business idea and the right employees, finding the right health insurance coverage for your business can keep your bright ideas safe and protected. For more than 25 years, business owners of Northern Nevada have looked to Clark & Associates as a valuable resource for health insurance. Clark & Associates offers businesses affordable plans ranging from simple to complex, customized for what best suits your business. Head to ClarkAssociates.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at Clark & Associates.